Do you have that one friend in your life that you've known forever and no matter how much time goes by, you can pick up right where you left off? Talk money, religion, politics, relationship, coming from vastly different backgrounds? Well, that's what we're doing on the Old School Old Friends Podcast. Today's episode is the origin story, a.k.a. how we met. Salt, do you, do you remember like the actual day we met? I remember, I remember you, you popped up on my radar because you were a percussionist and um, my best friend at the time that I went to elementary school with was also a percussionist. And, you know, for whatever reason, you were better than everybody else in the section. <laughs> and um, and so he was he was a little jealous, a little salty. And I remember I didn't like you because he didn't like you. Oh, so it was <laughs> it was it was within a, the first few days of uh, all of us, you know, showing up at Ferndale. So it was um, actually that. Those are my earlier, my earliest memories of you. They're even earlier than, you know, them us sitting together, you know, at, at lunch. Yeah, that was that was my earliest memory. Of course, this is what nineteen eighty five at Ferndale Middle School in High Point, North Carolina, and my earliest memory was trying to find somewhere to eat to sit down. And as middle school is, it was very clicky. You had all the kind of popular kids all sitting together, all the Emerywood kids. <laughs> and uh, I was not. I had only been in North Carolina for maybe a year and uh, maybe two years. And so I just remember there being this table and you were there and a couple of other folks I think Brian Smith was there and a couple of uh of of the girls we would befriend and it was it was kind of and you you said this it was the leftover table it was the table that really didn't fit in much anywhere and we all kind of struck up a friendship and that was my earliest memory the big round table kind of towards the back of the cafeteria yeah. at Ferndale Middle School in sixth grade, 1985. Yep, over by the window. Yeah, and you play in middle school. Did you play flute or sax in middle school? I play flute. Yeah, what what, what was your attraction to the flute? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, if I'm going to be honest, um, so when I was in fifth grade, the Ferndale, the band, I can't remember what grade or if it was a combined band, but... Um, I know they went to several elementary schools in in High Point. I guess just to expose the you know the rising sixth graders. Yeah. And um, I recognized a girl that lived in my neighborhood that I kind of liked. She was a year a year ahead of us, and I said, "I'm going to play the flute so that I can sit near her." <laughs> that is. That is baller, dude. That, yeah, that's, which is funny because if we, I mean, back in 1985, I think it's fair to say that, that the flute was pretty much dominated by girls, right? They were, they were all girls. Except, (laughs) 
except for this super skinny dude <laughs> who picked flute. And did you get any pushback from like your family or anything about playing flute? Did anybody ever give you any grief of like, I'm playing a quote unquote girl's instrument or did any of that? Shake uh, I, I, I got that from, from students that we went to school with. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't think my mom complained too much because it was, it was one of the cheaper instruments that she would, you know, that she would have to buy. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, actually, I got I got the teasing, you know, from the people that 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 were that we were in band with, you know, the kids that we were not in band with, you know, that's that's where the teasing came from. Mm. Yeah. How 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 did that like affect you? Like, did you? Uh, it it was it, it was definitely frustrating. Um, it it kind of made the whole thing a joke. I mean, I it. it the reason why I chose to play, you know, I, I thought it was a good reason at the time, but it was probably not, probably not the most informed decision that, <laughs> that, that I could have made. But, uh, you know, I stood by it and, and I, I tried my best at it, you know, most of the time. Um, but I mean, I was even teased by the band director. Oh, I mean, Mr. I don't know. Mr. You, Mr. Brown. I, yeah. I, don't think I, I don't think I do that. How, well, a, no, a band he, called, he called me hurricane. You don't remember that? Oh, oh, it's coming back. And see, here's the thing. And, and for you listeners, Saul has a steel trap mind. And even though we've known each other for, wow, 35 years or so, you will dig up things from history that I have no idea how you, you, you remember any of this. But now that you say this, Tell me the tell me the well, story of Hurricane well, because he, it's he, it's effervescing back into my memory. He, he called me that because it it takes it takes a lot of air to play the high notes on on flutes and piccolos. It takes a lot of air, and um, when I tried to play the higher notes, he thought that I sounded like a hurricane. And because you were you were blowing so hard over the instrument. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess, it, you know, instead of, instead of trying to correct it, he thought that it would be more interesting to laugh at it. So, of course, this is, this is the same, may he rest in peace. <laughs> this is the same band director that wanted me to play trumpet because, quote, you have too much musical aptitude to waste it on the drums. That's what he told. That's what he told like a fifth grade Dave. Cause I took the little aptitude test, you know, and I said, I want to be a drummer. I want to be a percussionist. No, I think you want to play trumpet. Parenthetically, he also played trumpet. And he, he said to me, to the, a, a fifth grader, you have too much musical aptitude to waste it on the trumpet. And I dug my heels in and my parents were totally behind me playing playing the drums are like, yes, because my dad wanted to play drums and his parents wouldn't let him because of the noise. You know, it's too noisy or whatever. And so I dug my heels in and wanted to prove him wrong. Again, may he rest in peace. But knowing what he said to me, the fact that he would joke around and, and tease a sixth grader about their embouchure playing the flute, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> 
but he 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 was he was he was nice enough but uh but that's 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 really crummy i'm sorry that happened <laughs> well um, i i think i told you that he wanted me to play trombone because my arms are long i mean that was you know, he looked at me and he said you would be a good trombone player and and yeah, actually uh He's like, are you sure you don't want to play this instead of a flute? I, he actually tried to talk me out of playing flute. And, um, again, I told you why I wanted to do that. And my yeah. mind was, my mind was made up. That's what I wanted to do. Although, uh, I never, I didn't play long enough to, to ever sit next to, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never got good enough to to sit next to her the, well, the chair spot. Well, well no, because we 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 were in separate bands in middle school. And then by the time we got to high school, I picked up the saxophone and so I, I never got into a mixed band environment, right. you know, with you know, with with all grades like we did in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So I I never I never got the chance to sit next that's, to the, that's, next that's to the a, person that you know, that's that a long game, me. man. <laughs> that, that is a long game for yeah, a little sixth well. grade brain to kind of play that out. And and I tell you what, that's I remember I remember you playing the flute. And I remember thinking how interesting that was. Because my sister also played flute. And parenthetically, my wife of almost 30 years was a flute major, which will not be the first time that I I pick up on character traits in Shannon, my wife, that I see reflected uh, in you. I see I see echoes of your personality traits, and I think that's what made us really good friends. And I think what I look for in a really good friend, I also found with Shannon, and uh, and being a flute player is, is one of them. And I just thought that was really super interesting. I, 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 I seem to remember like being like, Hey, no big deal. He's a guy, he's playing flute. No big, no big whoop. I don't know what the deal is. So, uh, so, so, but sitting at that lunch counter or a uh, lunch table in the back of Ferndale middle school, that's my, that's my earliest memory of us, of us becoming, becoming friends. And now it's been this entire time. And that's what the whole point of this podcast is is to share our stories and share our divergent perspectives and yet there is so much overlap that 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 occurs not just politically speaking not just our our mutual love for rush but uh but so much overlap that that when i look on paper i i i don't see necessarily why and how we should be friends. I mean, would you necessarily agree with that? Not not that we shouldn't be friends, but like it, it's somewhat of an unlikely friendship, I I think I would say. I I I would say it's somewhat unlikely, yeah. Yep. I mean, I we we could just say on the front end, I am white. You're African American. Which in 1985, you know, it's not like that was, we're not talking about like civil rights era or anything, but I mean, it was still very much, you know, uh, uh, race relations still had some ways to go. Uh, I, 
Ferndale, and to a lesser extent, or even a greater extent, I should say, uh, high school, Central High School in High Point, had the the wealthiest neighborhoods and the poorest neighborhoods in High Point going to the same school. Now, I certainly wasn't in the poorest neighborhood, and I wasn't in the wealthiest neighborhood. My dad was a retired Marine working for the Postal Service, and my mom worked for the Salvation Army. So we were like right smack dab in the middle. But that middle school and high school, which were literally right next to each other, had both of those dynamics going to the same school. Did you did you pick up on that early? Did you notice that? Well, yeah, I I knew. I I guess at the time, no, I, I just what I noticed was when I got to middle school, when I got to Ferndale, I realized how poor my you know the students that went to my elementary school were you know and 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 i definitely included myself in that number um because it's elementary schools are for the most part they're you know they're neighborhood schools you know there's not a lot of busing going on or there's there's very little i don't i have no idea how much is, is happening today but um you know we were we were a title one school you know, I didn't know what that was when I was a student there. You know, I learned about all that as an adult. But um, you know, that means that a certain a certain percentage of the students in the school are living below the poverty line. Hmm. And um, but again, we all lived in the same neighborhood, and so you know, there there was no there was no huge difference in wealth. I didn't, you know, didn't see all of that until I got to middle school, you know, for the first time when, you know, we are being bused to, to a different school so that, you know, the city or the county can achieve whatever student, you know, demographic percentages. I don't know. But that was really the first time that I stopped and thought to myself, you know, I, I'm really, I'm poor. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> so mm. yeah yeah i remember in middle school we qualified for for school lunch i remember that and again just working parents i remember never having name brand clothes i remember wearing you know tracks with two x's uh, which were the kmart reebok knockoffs i remember Growing up on a military base and wearing like camo pants, no problem. I mean, everybody wore like like camouflage pants, and it's just what it was. And on a military base, everybody was green. That was my my child brain thinking about it. There was no black and white. Everybody was just kind of green. And so we lived across the street from black families, from Asian families, uh, lived next door to Hispanic families. And so whether that was the reality. My parents, their 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 attitude towards, um, you know, racial differences, cultural differences, and my kid brain not really understanding, you know, culture cultural differences at large. I just I I really just saw green, and so coming to North Carolina when my dad retired and showing up 
to school in camouflage pants and then being teased and being called G.I. Joe and those kind of things. That was that was really my first my first experience with you don't have the nice clothes that that these other kids have. You know, and uh qualifying for school lunches myself and kind of being called like welfare kid and those types of things. That was that was challenging because on, on the military base, it was it's just the way it was. So that that was a real adjustment for, for me in seeing the disparity of the, the super, super wealthy. And I guess like the high, high-end wealthy kids probably didn't even go to public school. So we didn't even see the wealthiest of the wealthy. They probably all went to private schools. Um, but seeing the super the the wealthy kids, the poor kids, and then me feeling kind of stuck in the middle. Regardless, you know, I, I not really having much, many friends from elementary school because transferring in so late, you know, in the middle of my fifth grade year, not having any friends on on the the, the rich kids side, and just having nobody, kind of on my own. I talked funny, didn't have a, any kind of southern accent or whatever, because growing up in California. And felt really like an out- outsider. And you use the term leftovers, and I and I and I I realize now that that table that we all congregated to in sixth grade was kind of the leftover table, wasn't it? The 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 the, the kids that didn't have anywhere else to go wound up at this one table. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. And that's ultimately, like I mentioned, I, I that's that's one of my goals for this podcast is sharing sharing those ideas. Hopefully, if you're listening, feeling like you're not alone, and feeling like there's a there's there's a place for you. If you're in the middle, if you're right now sitting at the leftover table, then that you that it gets better. There are friends out there. Uh, and if if uh, if you have come all the way through that, you know, um, knowing and hopefully some of our stories are resonating. Now, throughout the course of the podcast, and, and Saul, feel free to jump in here. Throughout the course of the podcast, we're going to be sharing a lot about our life story, and starting, you know, with with today of of where the origin of our friendship. But it really took wildly divergent paths especially after high school. Yeah, I, I you're, we're saving that for another day, right? Oh, as far as like getting super, yeah, no spoilers or anything, but I guess we could tease, you know, we could tease where, where we're going to be going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was, I was, I wasn't going to mention it. We, we, we talked about our, our divergent paths. <laughs> Cause and, it's, yeah, there was, there was a time when, um, I didn't think, I didn't think that our friendship would last when we were in college hmm. uh, yeah. because, because we did take those divergent paths that you're talking about. And, um, but yeah, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so leading up through high school, middle school and into high school, 
we were fast friends. I I, I remember only one time where we really kind of had a, a fight. Was that that was our senior year? If memory serves me, and I don't even really remember what we were fighting about, other than like it was talent show some or something and playing bass and uh, and I don't remember how we patched it up other than we did patch it up knowing you you probably remember exactly what happened no actually uh <laughs> i don't remember i mean we did have a few a few arguments along the way and you know and 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 after those times there there were a few times where we didn't speak for a few days but um i can't remember what led to that specifically i know that it affected uh, it affected us on our our senior band trip to go play in a parade that we never played in. Uh, That's right up in Toronto. We we weren't talking then. Um, and then uh, in the talent show, I didn't I didn't get to play with you guys, but I can't remember exactly uh, like what actually happened and what no, caused that. No, no idea. Yeah, because I remember we ended up, I ended up rooming with someone else, which looking back now, I'm like, what, Dave, what were you thinking? I mean, nothing could have been, but I mean, ultimately, I mean, we, we patched things up. Yeah. But, but wildly divergent stories that always keep coming back, always keep coming back together. And I think we want to share those stories with you. You know, we'll probably get into some deep things, get into, um, you know, my relationship and my marriage, get into uh, other topics such as depression, such as uh, identity, such as, um, you know, cultural identity, professional identity, and um, what we've learned and, and how such an enduring friendship can be a source of strength for one another. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yes. And you are uh, like, without a doubt, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I know that you have, uh, uh, you, you bring such a, such a, uh, an intelligence, you know, how many, how many master's degrees do you have? Three. Three. <laughs> and you're working towards uh, a, a doctorate and you're starting that whole process. And um, and so you're one of the smartest people I know. And I look forward to sharing this this journey with you, Saul, and with with our listeners. And we want to hear from you. And we'd love to know your thoughts. If you have any stories that, that you want to share we don't really know what this podcast is going to look like. Saul, do you have any 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 thoughts and as to you know why you would even want to do the podcast? I remember talking about it over breakfast, and we kind of lit up about it. But uh, what what are some of your goals for for sharing your story? I think I just wanted to share something that that other people can relate to. Um, I don't, you know, whether they're people who are who are in, in my shoes, you know, from, you know, at an earlier point in my life and, and, you know, and my words can, can help 
provide guidance. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to create something that, you know, that could, that could help somebody else. That's it. Yeah. And it's my hope that, that we'll do that together. Did we cover everything you wanted to cover with origin? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I hope you'll join us on this journey and we would love to hear, hear back from you. Uh, you can just click the contact link, uh, contact link on the website and let us know, let us know your thoughts, share your stories, and hopefully you'll join us for the next episode. I have been your host, Dave Croft. And I'm Solomon. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Old School Old Friends podcast with your hosts, Solomon Williams and Dave Croft. This podcast is copyright 2022 818 Studios, all rights reserved. For more information, head over to oldschoololdfriends.com.